Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm Richard Bliss, your host, and I want to thank everyone for participating. I'm joined by Lawrence O'Brien from Wotan Games. Lawrence, thanks for joining me. Uh, lovely to be here, Richard. As always, a pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about Wotan Games. You've been on the show before, the London Whisperer. We've been uh, together since uh, the very beginning uh, on this, and I wanted to have you come on the show. One is a, uh, a fan we just had on um, the last episode, I think, Gino Bracanzio. I can never say, quite say his last name, from Tinkerbot Games. Tinkerbot Games, right? bless him. And he was talking about there's a fairly good, strong community in Cardiff of game developers, game designers, and um, Playtest UK is what something he mentioned. Are you familiar with Playtest UK? Yeah, so it's an organization throughout the United Kingdom where they regularly get together events for people to come along with their prototypes and, uh, and play them as a group. So you will have a go at mine and I'll have a go at yours and that sort of stuff. Uh, they're, they're great. They're a great group of people, as Rob. And they actually uh, run some of the stuff at the UK Games Expo, which is next week, next yes. weekend. And, uh, yes. And that's where... Second to the fourth. And what does everybody in the UK in the gaming community know about Wotan Games? Because <laughs> Gino knew. He's like, oh yeah, those are the guys who have the... Bus. The bus. We the, have a double-decker bus. Yep. A double-decker bus. And that might not be, okay, that sounds interesting. You've, uh, you've chartered a double-decker bus. You play games on it. No, no, no. Your double-decker bus is your booth stand inside the convention hall. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah people are surprised at that. We, we drive the double-decker bus into the event. Yeah. And uh, this is your second year. Tis with the bus, yeah, and lots of people immediately asking, "Is the bus coming back? Are you bringing the bus back?" You know, as many people as asked us originally, "You bought a double decker bus, <laughs> right?" We're like, "Yeah, yeah, we have, yeah," no, because. Didn't. Well, I mean, it's what's shocking people, right? Because they're like, oh, you've got to get ready for the event. Uh, you know, you've got to get all your stuff delivered, and oh, we just pile everything on the bus, and then just the drive bus it arrives. In. We drive the bus in, we put out the tables, and we put the kettle on. Time for tea. <laughs> Do you really? Everyone else is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got a low-power kettle. Uh, uh, we stick that on, and, uh, and people around us are all, like, laying out their stuff and, you know, measuring out their bit of carpet, and we're there sitting there drinking tea. And if they look, if they look tired or exhausted or disappointed or in any way depressed, obviously we, we wander around with biscuits. tea, coffee, and hobnobs. Yes, biscuits. Biscuits. Yes. Well, the how fun. The you know, I, one of these years, you have invited me on multiple occasions over the years to attend with you. At uh, this is the big, this is your big event, right in the UK. It is. Yeah, yeah, it's the big one and, for the United Kingdom. Yeah, it was last year. It was twenty five thousand people. So, uh, and it's been growing year after year. They moved to the National Exhibition Centre in Birmingham, and they've just been. It's just huge. And huge. Uh, genuinely free days even if you turn up on the wednesday and you do every day and every night and you stay up all night you will not see everything and then you now have become one of the spectacles of this biggest event in the uk i i like to consider i often make a spectacle of myself but this is a particularly famous one yes it is and you and i have had uh adventures throughout the world over the years and uh <laughs> you have been to my home in the 
in the U.S. And I was telling somebody, when you came to my home, we decided to play a game together. And so we pulled out the double expansion of Axis and Allies, Europe yeah. and Pacific Divi- uh, scenarios, and set up all four boards in my garage and played for, I think you were here for three days, and we never yep. left, right? We didn't see any sights. Yep. We didn't go out to dinner, nothing. <laughs> we just sat and played a game, and then you went home. It was like, really? That was... <laughs> Well, that's what you do, right? Isn't it? That's yeah. the maximum amount of time together at playing and having fun. It was good enough for Plato. It's good enough for me. Wotan Games has been around now for a couple of years. You have uh, some games out there. Camelot the, uh, the Build, yep, which I continue to see in game stores when I visit, which is always fun to see a yep. friendly face on the shelf. And now you have, running right now on Kickstarter, you have War of the Nine Realms. Yep, let's see. Nordic Kickoff, Ragnarok. Uh, basically, where the battle surges, uh, you get to play one of the four realms in initial game. Uh, the Azir, uh, who are living at Asgard, the gods. Uh, the Norsemen themselves, uh, led by Sigmund. Uh, the Ice Jotun, the Ice Giants, led by Bergmir. Uh, and then the Dark Elves, led by the Matriarch. And you do know that most uh, most everybody pretty much knows all of that simply based on the second Thor movie. Yeah, right. We don't like to talk about that. We don't like to mention that because <laughs> because you know we love them. We love all those sort of films, and we certainly love the fact that they you know consider the Nordic uh, mythos. Whether they get it right or wrong, we're not gonna we're not gonna say positive. And, we love the films. And I saw the trailer for the next one, a uh, Thor Ragnarok, which is coming out. Indeed, which has the Hulk. Um, teaming up a good buddy movie we're gonna see uh i know him from work which is an awesome (laughs) awesome line that thor (laughs) delivers when he sees the hulk let's talk though you uh, continue the bus is one example of some things that you continue to do on a unique side of things the bus is awesome and for those of you who haven't seen it those are listening i highly recommend you go out and take lawrence where can they find the pictures of the bus just just search for Wotan Bus or hashtag Wotan Bus on uh, Twitter. On, on Twitter. And that, yeah, that'll take, you, that'll take you to it. Or just have a look at the UK Games Expo. There's lots of uh, wonderful independent um, game designers and publishers there. Um, so it's always good to see uh, what the various organizations are up to. And, and you'll see there on the promotional material, there's a, there's a battle bus. They put the bus uh, on the promotional material for the con? Oh, uh, it's, it's, in, it's in some of the pictures for sure. Yeah. Well, you can't really look at the hall and not see a double-decker bus. So, you know, you'd have to spend a lot of money trying to br- dry-brush us out. So it's easier just to involve us in all of it. And that works. One of the things that you've done – so your campaign's running, War of the Nine Realms. Uh, this, how many mm-hmm. Kickstarter campaigns have you run? For me, I think three or four, and for others, I've been involved in another four. Does, are you counting the one that we did, uh, Sales of Glory? I am, because we got to do that fantastic uh, video intro, which I still rave on about. It, it, and for those of you who are listening, if you go out to Kickstarter, look up uh, – Sales of Glory, run their little video. It's a little 30 second to 40, it's about 45 seconds of mm-hmm. Lawrence O'Brien narrating the, the battle uh, out there. It's quite done quite nicely. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, very nice animation on it as well. The taking a still picture and turn it into animation, it was cool. Yes, taking I enjoyed a, that. a classic still picture, uh, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 
And so that was, uh, that was fun. The reason we're talking, though, is because you continue to do some interesting things. One, we had Gino on talking about Brexit, which was a great topic if you're doing your Kickstarter campaign. You do your Kickstarter campaign in pounds. Yep. Where is your, is your manufacturing, like his, was it your manufacturing, artwork, all of that? Is that, is that in dollars or is that in pounds? Uh, all of that, all the artwork is in pounds or euros. And uh, because we have uh, European artists that we work with as well, uh, and we manufacture that game, War of the Nine Realms is going to be manufactured by Ludafact in Germany. So that'll be manufactured in in euros. Um, but then when it's distributed, it's uh, distributed out into the United States as well. So dollars. So you have th- yep. three. You have three uh, currencies that are involved here. Do you track the exchange rates to make sure that you're not getting caught up in what happened with the, the whole Brexit uh, and U.S. elections that drove down the exchange rate? Uh, on the whole, I'd like to say I sit there looking at it, but I'd just be depressed. So uh, what I tend to do is I tend to look when the currencies are good, and I tend to trade in FX and hedge the currency. Um, so we, uh, when we were looking, one of the the second game we did, we manufactured in China. So that was in all in U.S. dollars. And there was a particular moment when uh, you guys were dealing with some bad news around your elections, and the dollar took a dive, and I purchased an awful lot of dollars. Um, so that when later on I actually had to pay, uh, the dollar had uh, gathered its strength. But you know, I'd uh, I'd already done well on the currency exchange. So at the moment, you know, you got to be careful. And if you have the opportunity, right? I mean, I know it's God bless it can be done on credit cards. Um, but it's uh, you know, if you've got an FX trader, they're they're really nice people. What's you can an, get recommendations. What's an FX trader? Oh, a foreign exchange trader. Got it. Got it. Right. So it's uh, it's basically people. I mean, if anyone is doing a big trip abroad and you're going to change a load of don't go to your normal bank, you know, at least go and have a look at some uh, foreign exchange traders because they'll probably give you a better rate. And if you're if you're doing over a few thousand of something, it's probably worth having that conversation. Just save you a few quid, as we say. And so what you were able to do is you saw that uh, that drop that exchange rate drop and then to hedge your bets into the future you your foreign exchange trader then swapped out you used pounds to buy a bunch of dollars yeah and so then later on you since you're going to have to pay or use those dollars do you keep multiple bank accounts how do do, do you keep track of all the different currencies then uh okay so (laughs) track is like the idea that i'm watching it regularly as if you know i wasn't going to ever make a mistake so i wouldn't say i track it but I did, uh, when I formed my initial company account, I had a UK pound account, uh, but I actually uh, took a US dollar account through the same bank. So the details are different, obviously, because it's a different bank account and it's dealing with a different currency. Um, but also, uh, it is, you know, allows us to do some trading and swapping between the currencies and the accounts without losing too much money. Got it, got it. Now, as we're on talking and you've just given mm-hmm. a shush finger to uh someone who's walked <laughs> in the, the room and by the yeah. way they can't be heard but that was the reason we one of the reasons we wanted to talk because one of the other things that you yeah. do quite effectively is that your part-time small little uh, company in uh, the uk wotan games employees mm-hmm. have how many employees uh a- actual full-time paid employees <laughs> none. none none but you have a staff of how many uh, in total, the number of people who consider themselves 
working or doing stuff with Wotan is about 32. 32, and then you have a staff of uh, that I can see. Uh, we are currently on camera. You can't see that who's sort of listening. That's good because Lawrence has a face for radio. And so what we have is uh, <laughs> behind Thanks. you. Oh, you're welcome. I love you. Behind you, you have uh, – I see four people, four or five people who have come in right. who are working behind you in the shop. Um, mm-hmm. t- we've got a little bit of the time here. Who are these people? And um, – Tell me what you're doing with them, I guess is <laughs> what the question I have. But uh, you yeah. know what, you know yeah, what I'm asking. Thanks for that. I'm glad we're not on video. I'm That's gl- all yeah. I can say. Yes. A statement like that. Yes. So, you know, I can, can't justify anything. So uh, under a, a scheme called Erasmus, uh, which is a European academic scheme, it is possible for students to get work experience abroad in other countries uh, by signing up for different periods of time. Uh, and that's what we call the Erasmus Intern Scheme. And it allows us as an organization to have uh, intelligent, I'm going to look around now, intelligent, engaging, upbeat, enthusiastic young people uh, from all over the world, uh, well, at least all over Europe, um, to come along and work with us uh, in Wotan Games. Um, what we do is uh, we obviously provide them with an opportunity to listen to write proper English like what the Queen speaks, uh-huh. uh, which is quite handy. You know what I mean, Giza? Um, so they get to uh, improve uh, English. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we work with them to develop games and give them references that they can use later uh, in their careers. So, for example, one of our guys, Lasse, who's here, he's from uh, Germany, uh, he has worked with us on the Kickstarter for uh, War of the Nine Realms, uh, specifically on the two-player print-and-play piece, where he's actually built the tabletop simulator and tabletopia versions of the games, and, which was only too, and I was super excited to do. Uh, and I think he's also working on the German translation, is something that you were mentioning as well. Yeah, so one of the things that we uh, that I started when we had some Danish uh, interns in was showing people that translating is not a matter of changing the words from one language to another. Uh, to actually build a set of instructions or to convey meaning, you have to actually know more about what you're doing than merely the language itself. So what I used to do is I would take... Dane number one, Cecilia, would convert a game from English to Danish, and then Mia would teach me my own game. And what I would use that is to show them the writing techniques that you would have to do to actually produce something that conveys meaning and understanding. It's kind of like, right, I've read the rules. How do I play the game? And that's what we have problems with in, in a number of games that I've you know been exposed to over the years. You read through the rules and you go, uh, okay, I read the rules. I have no idea how to play the game. I understand some of the mechanics, but I still don't get the game. And so for us, giving them the skills for them to be able to produce you know, intelligent instruction sets has been really useful. And for us, the benefits, obviously, is we have... Uh, you know a language version of our game so you can you can have the danish version of camelot the build if you like that's not a problem but at the same time we worked together uh with cecilia and mia and we made ramajang which is a completely separate game ramajang is a danish word word meaning tricksy and you can see that on drive through rpg and it has their names against it so when they return from their internship they've got something to show 
not only did I go here and did the work, but look, I've got something that goes on my curriculum vitae going forward. This is a skill I've learned. This is a referenceable bit of material I can use when I go on to get a job. So I got to ask you, if I'm an intern, the first thought, and I travel internationally to go learn the language, business, Really? I went and learned how to make board games? That seems a bit anticlimactic that I actually didn't go get a real job. Right. Okay. Um, Clearly, you're talking as if someone who knows nothing about the board game industry. So from the outside, if someone was looking at it, and and I have to say that at least two people in the room wanted to come to this company, uh, and it's like, how did you even find out about it? Um, How did they they find out about it? it? A reference from other students. Really? Yeah, yeah. Other people who'd been, done their internship and came back and went, oh, I had such a good time. We did this. Uh, but what they really – it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. One thing that often people say is they've never had a interview where they played a game. So every time we interview someone, we have a quick chat. We find out what it is they're looking to achieve. We talk about who we are, and then we say, great, let's play a game. Because in half an hour of playing any game, and admittedly, I'm clearly going to pick one that I, you know, I know is going to demonstrate the skills I'm looking for in that individual. You play a game, and as Plato would say, you learn a lot about that person in half an hour of playing a board game. And Wait, at the end of it, Plato, you know, you, Plato you, said that. Yeah, no, he said you learn, and I paraphrase him horrendously. Obviously, because oh, okay. I'm going to give it in the original Greek, but it's you learn more about person in an hour of gaming than you do in a lifetime of casual encounters. I've got to look that quote up. Okay, so you, you, learn, you, you, you do the inter- you do the interview with them. Yeah, with a board game, uh, and then everything else is like any other organization. You know, you you're dealing with international sales, you're dealing with marketing, you're producing materials, you're working with graphic designers, you're reaching out uh, for against specific campaigns, you're preparing for events. Uh, we do demonstrations where we go to stores and stuff. We're preparing a mail out at the moment of a whole load of materials to board game cafes. All this sort of stuff normal companies do. The only difference is is every now and again we go right. That's enough for today. How about we play a board game? And you've got four or five. I can see there's a whole gaggle of them there behind you. And from, from how does this – we only have a few minutes. We're, you know what? We're going to carry this conversation over into the bonus material for the, our Patreon backers. But there's a – I was going to ask about the cost, the cost of that. Does the Erasmus uh, scheme help cover those costs? Uh, the Erasmus scheme covers everything. Wow. Okay. So if somebody's listening, they're in the uh, UK and they're interested mm-hmm. in this, they can go out and take a look at how to uh, take advantage of that. Or they can yeah, reach out. Yeah, or give us – yeah, just give us a call. Give you a call. Okay, Lawrence, let's, uh, let's continue to talk uh, afterwards. But thanks so much for being on the show. Again, this has been a fascinating conversation about a wide range of topics, as always. <laughs> As always. Thanks very much, Richard. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Lawrence O'Brien, the owner and designer and the developer of Wotan Games. And he and I have been talking about foreign exchange. We've been talking about internships. We've been talking about all the different things. Half the time I can't understand what he's saying anyway. So I have no idea of other things that we might have talked about. Hopefully you found something interesting and inspiring. I know I always do when I talk to Lawrence. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>